Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of the Epic Meta Podcast. An introspective look into humanity, science fiction, history, and one more thing that I forgot about. <laughs> George, how's it going? I think the last item is podcasting itself. Oh, yes. I always forget about that. Hmm. Fantastic. I'll, 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 uh, I'll redo it for next time. <laughs> okay. How are you feeling? You seem awake. Yeah. Uh, I've been up since five. Oh, yeah, that's right. I keep forgetting. <laughs> Even on weekends? Oh, oh yeah. My God. 21 days. Terrible. Oh. Well, well I've, I, uh, haven't, I haven't <laughs> been drinking for almost two months now, so um, that mm. makes it a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, let me see. Yeah, so last episode, you interviewed me. So this episode is about Tang interviewing George. Uh, so to start out, let's go with some, um, you know, <laughs> unlike you that had like uh, probably wrote these questions down, I'm just going to semi wing it. But generally, I know what I'm uh, going after. Uh, so tell me about uh, your your jobs, because uh, I know you you work multiple of them. Uh, tell me about your jobs uh, today. OK, uh, they are both jobs that I um work from home doing. Uh, one job, I work for an insurance company um, in litigation management. So um, my team is involved with hiring and firing the law firms around the country that represent the insurance company in claims litigation and other, other litigation. Um, we also audit those firms, make sure they're doing their jobs well, and we uh, audit the bills that they submit um, and other stuff in that sort of area. <laughs> so that's okay. one job. Mm -hmm. Another job I, I do more of on a contract basis when I have the time to do it. Um, and that's, I, I work for a, a legal services company that um, also involved in litigation, but they um, it's typically corporate litigation where there's lots of documents um, that are part of the discovery process of a, of a lawsuit. Um, so during that pr process, each side um, requests from the other side any document that is potentially relevant to the litigation. So, you know, with corporations, this we we're talking about millions of documents potentially. So <laughs> all, all of these documents need to be reviewed for relevancy, you know, to, to f determine whether they are actually relevant to the litigation. And some coding is done to, you know, issue coding so that they can be indexed and, and referenced later if they're important. Uh, and then there's also a uh, review for attorney client privilege. So if, um, if a document in any way is reflective of uh, an attorney rendering advice or someone is soliciting advice from an attorney, then that is privileged and that doesn't need to be handed over to the other side, basically. Gotcha. Yeah. Sounds fantastic. Oh, it's, it's fantastically <laughs> boring, but <laughs> it, it pays to you know, 
AI is going to take over your role, you know. Well, oh. even now, there's this thing called OCR uh, recognition. I think uh, ocular something something recognition. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if you know what I'm referring to. Um, but uh, it's, it's starting to happen already. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's old news now, but... Uh, Thank God. Yeah, that sounds, I hope I, yeah, that sounds, I hope I never have to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think part of it is 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 understanding which AI is going to have a hard time. You know, once that uh, uh, you know chasm is breached, uh, or once that mountain is climbed, or you know hurdles passed, then yes, we have to worry a bit more. But right now, understanding is is the problem, and context is the you know the problem. Yeah. But reading but- reading the actual words. They're very good at actually understanding what that word is, um, and human eyes actually have a problem tracking down those things, you know, right. especially with like law codes and all. You you could totally like reverse read a, a number and didn't realize that. Um, whereas the computers, it <clears throat> better is better at that. But yeah, yep, um, and yeah, AI is already starting um, is infiltrating the field. Um, so, but what AI, what AI basically does at this point is, is filters out a lot of the irrelevant documents, basically. Um, yeah. There's some nuance and, and legal interpretation that I, I'm not sure AI certainly can't do. do now, but um, I don't yeah. know if they could get to that level ever. Probably mm. they could. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Cool stuff. So did you go to college for law? Uh, because when I was in school, there was such a thing as pre-law. And then you have to, um, you know, I didn't know at the time that <laughs> until like my, you know, second or third year, I'm like, oh, law school is like another thing. Like you have to apply into similar to medical school. You can go pre-medical and take all these, you know, basically a bunch of science classes with law is a mix of well, philosophy and I guess business classes, but you can essentially build this like portfolio called pre-law and you work with your counselor and blah, 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 do all that stuff. And um, I, I was in a law club for like a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, nope, nope, this is not it. I don't want to do all this. I'm out. Um, so did you, you know, uh, I guess your uh, bachelor college and then your pre your, your law college, did you knew that that's what you were um, going to do. So undergrad, my major uh, was psychology. Mm. And um, law school, you know, was law. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Where did you go for psychology or undergrad? Why did I do that? Where? Where did you go? Oh, where? Uh, Boston University. Nice. Nice. Mm -hmm. And were you in Boston? Uh, at that time or anywhere near that? Yeah, I grew up in Connecticut. Um, mm-hmm. So Boston is about 100 miles away from where I where I grew up. Okay. And then for law school? Law school, I went to uh, Loyola in New Orleans. And, uh, huh. Yeah, three nice. years of living in New Orleans. Very fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah that's i didn't even know that i when you say loyola i'm thinking of this christian school i think chicago or illinois or i don't know somewhere um there's a few around the, the country um gotcha uh saint ignatius loyola was a jesuit uh catholic priest yep. 
So there's one yeah. in Los Angeles. There's one in Maryland, I believe. Uh, there's one in New Orleans, and there's one in Chicago. Nice. Yeah, St. Ignatius is a high school in Cleveland area that the high school I went to is kind of competes with. There's only several, you know, Catholic high school around town, so it's it's very prominent. Um, and way back when, you know, it was before co- or before college was like super popular. You know, high school was kind of like the thing, and they, it had that vibe. The the building's very old. It's very, you know. Um, it's almost like a college in and of itself. Like if you see the campus and then eventually, you know, uh, when college become more, uh, I guess, popular than uh, it evolved. But so why did you pick that school or was there any reason tied to New Orleans that you like or how did you you know, come to that um, that school? Uh, it was basically where I got in. OK. <laughs> <laughs> so I just finished. Uh, well, I just got up to speed on Better Call Saul. Uh, mm-hmm. And previously offline, we talk about Breaking Bad, and I love uh, Better Call Saul better, or I like it more than Breaking Bad. And you know, the main character got to the <laughs> uh, American Samoa Law School or something like that. It yeah, was yeah. fantastic. I loved it. Uh, <laughs> I love I love that character. The land so, crabs. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was the mascot for uh, uh, Loyola in New Orleans? Uh, the wolf, I think. Mm. Now, climate-wise, it's very different from you know the Northeast, which I'm I'm gonna love Massachusetts, and, and then you know basically everything that's up there past New York, you know, it's a mess. Like I I don't know my geography. Um, do you, you know? But, but yes, it's very cold. <laughs> How did you like um, the climate in New Orleans? Well, um, yeah, it took some getting used to, although. <laughs> Uh, it wasn't so bad. I, I had lived in Washington, D.C. prior to New Orleans. Okay. I found the summers to be ungodly hot there hot. and just yeah. unbearable. Uh, New Orleans was technically warmer uh, and perhaps more humid. But for some reason, the attitude of the people there <laughs> and, and the culture made it more bearable to deal with the heat. In, in Washington, yeah. everyone was so uptight and, and uh, <laughs> backstabbish and and just yeah a, an asshole basically. And yeah, I in, like <laughs> in New Orleans, everyone was a character. There's bars everywhere. Everyone's just hanging out and and yeah. having, having a good time. And uh, man, so that I guess that makes the difference in terms of heat. <laughs> I would yeah, I think I would love. Well, I've been in D.C. to visit friends before, and I would love. To live and work there, but uh, I understand what you're you're shooting at. So, is that like a detractor to well, forget <laughs> forget law school, regular college? I probably wouldn't be able to finish. Um, was that distracting to you, or you you find it okay? I mean, yeah, I, I found it okay. Um, <laughs> you know, during Mardi Gras, which is about a two week period, uh, the school just basically shut down, and. Everyone nice. was roaming around, getting drunk. All you know, even the teachers. You know, the de- yeah. my my, I met my wife there, and uh, she lived in an apartment below the dean, uh, the dean of the law school's house. <laughs> and uh, I went to pick her up during Mardi Gras to to go to a parade. There, there's parades happening all the time, 
different ones. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he was coming out his front door, <laughs> and uh, he was dressed in a Soviet uh, army officer uniform. <laughs> and uh, we, we were like, Dean, Dean Klebo, would you like a beer? Because we had beers in our backpacks. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, sure. And nice. So we gave him a beer. And then he goes, would you like something to spice up your beer? And <laughs> he pulls out this flask of vodka and poured vodka. The dean of the law school poured vodka into my beer. Nice. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> That's awesome. That sounds like the best law school environment or any college environment there can be. It was, but, yeah. Uh, the food is awesome. Uh, the the music, the culture. Everyone down there is a, is a character to people who live in the, the locals. Are yeah. just uh, uh, incredible people. I don't think I would uh, have this discipline like you haven't actually finished, you know, any school if I had gone there. But uh, but that's wonderful. Um, so did you in high school, um, like, you know, fr- from high school to childhood, were you kind of grew up in the Northeast? Would that be fair to say? Yes. Um, from from birth to college. I lived in the same house pretty much um, mm. in Avon, Connecticut. So D.C. and New Orleans are kind of like, I guess, your young adult or adult um, uh, time frame. Mm-hmm. Have you been anywhere else uh, around the country uh, for I, like extended like live and work? Uh, after college, I lived in Burlington, Vermont for a summer. Uh, my cousin was going okay. to school there. Um, let's see, then, uh, then moved to DC and then moved to New Orleans. Oh, and then after New Orleans, my wife and I moved to the Scranton, Pennsylvania area. Um, mm. cause that's where the she's, office. that's where she's from. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and I clerked for a judge in, in, uh, Scranton, which was a wonderful job. Nice. I was writing his legal opinions for him, which was cool. It's <laughs> basically cool. deciding cases. Um, yeah. And then uh, after Scranton, we moved to Philadelphia and we lived there for 10 years. Okay. That's a long time. Yeah. So Philly, would you say Philly is kind of like your, uh, you know, another kind of like your hometown kind of feel? Um, like a uh, big uh, big portion of your, your life or no? Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely spent a nice chunk there. Uh, although I never really felt like I fit in in Philly all that all that well, I never really made good friends there. Um, I, mm. I did have a, acquaintances, um, but everything was always somewhat distant. Um, mm-hmm. it, Philly's kind of a there's there's like a it's kind of a meathead town. Like every every guy is yeah. like super masculine and and tough tough guy mm-hmm. and like leather jacket goatee wearing kind of <clears throat> tough guy and then there's also this sort of faux upper crust in in philadelphia like it's people who present themselves as um like uh i don't know they, like there's there's a snobbish quality to them um genteel kind of thing but they, I, they never really impressed me all that much. So maybe I just didn't buy into the Philly culture, and that's why I never felt like I fit in there. But and it's a, after it's yeah. actually a nice city, though. There's there's good people there, and it's interesting. But <laughs> just energetically, it wasn't a match. For me. 
Right. And then after Philly, is there, um, how do you eventually get here? So after Philly, uh, I had, I had been working for a law firm in, in Philly for, um, nine years and, uh, I hated that job. It, it was soul crushing kind of cubicle type work. And this is after the, the, the clerkship. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Mm-hmm. Do you call that clerkship? What do you call that? Yeah. Just, clerkship. Do, do you get, you get paid by the city or county or whatever, right? Yeah. I think they paid me like 24,000. Okay. Job, so. Gotcha. So, <laughs> but people usually that's like the stepping stone right out of law school. Right. Or no, it's uh it's different for everybody. Um, if you can get a clerkship right out of law school, that's a really good job to get because you get a lot, you get exposure to a lot of different cases. Um, Mm -hmm. you, you know, you're full of legal knowledge at that point, like technical legal knowledge. And you're, Mm -hmm. you're used to doing a lot of research and writing and Mm -hmm. the clerkship employs all those skills. So, um, gotcha. So then <clears throat> you spend a little more time in Philly on the, on, I guess, commercial or business side of a, of a law firm. And then after that? Yeah, the, the law firm I worked for defended Philip Morris in the tobacco litigation. So. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So anyway, yeah. So then they, um, in 2009, with the economy collapsed and, uh, and I got laid off. Mm-hmm. Which was probably a good thing in retrospect because I hated the job. And mm-hmm. um, there were really days when I would be waiting in the train station and thinking, like it, it was thinking that it was a viable option to just jump in front of a train. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, um, but you know, uh, like when in your episode when you interview me, I, I didn't go there, but um, you know, there was multiple reasons why I, I joined the army, and one of them was just it was just I had enough, um, and so I, I did have a small part-time job at the time when I signed up, and then soon after I was like, nah, I gotta get out of here um, because to me, and from all that time with uh, you know the, um, <clears throat> it wasn't the first time I got laid off, but it was the uh, a second time so I kind of understand like all that mo- I, I went on that motivation train and you know uh, personal development stuff and uh, I knew that movement like physical movement like if you take a walk and think uh, it affects how you actually process information in you know your mental state as well so one thing versus another any kind of movement physically geographically it makes you get out of that mind mindset uh, so uh, it was for multiple reasons but so did you look into moving immediately or how did you uh, get to where you are now? Well, so um, at that point in time, I was licensed to practice law in both Pennsylvania and Connecticut. And I always mm-hmm. liked Connecticut, although there's not a lot of uh, opportunity there. But but in terms of the climate and it just, you know, that was always my home. So mm-hmm. um, we we moved to Connecticut to, um, you know, to change things up because just things weren't working well in Philly. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we lived in Connecticut for about four or five years and, um, and we were living with my parents and it was sort of a depressing, um, almost nightmarish kind of time because, 
I was hope I we moved to Connecticut and I was trying to find a job and it was really difficult. Um, and I did some part-time legal stuff, but it wasn't enough to, you know, s- support ourselves. Uh, my wife didn't have a job at the time either. Um, so it, it just took a long time to get, get our feet back on the ground financially. Um, I, I got a job with an insurance company, which was kind of a contract position which then led to the full-time position I have with um, with the current insurance company that I work for. So, and then that gave us the, the financial wherewithal to to move. And um, so we wanted a break from Connecticut. And my by that time, my wife and I were both doing work jobs that were work from home. So we had the option to move anywhere we wanted to. So we were looking for a place with. Um, a lower cost of living and good schools um, or good enough schools. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, my wife was the one who advocated for North Carolina. I didn't really know much about it. Um, yeah. But, but that was the decision we made. And gotcha. so I want to get back to that point you made about um, moving. Um, mm-hmm. I, that's definitely been a, a, um, a theme in my life where, I would live in a place for a while um, and it would become stale and I would <laughs> sort of become depressed and fidgety and then I'd pick up and move. And, and yes, definitely once I moved, especially during that initial phase, uh, my mood would lift. Uh, you know, life would seem exciting again, full of opportunity. Uh, um, but I think eventually, eventually in every place I've ever relocated to the depression and anxiety sort of returns after a while. So Hmm. yes, moving for, um, for like an immediate fix to a problem, medium and like from short term to medium term, uh, definitely fixes the problem. But if I have found for myself that, um, you know, if you, if I'm carrying around unsolved problems, they'll eventually uh, surface up again. Um, and yeah. so um, moving does help, but in a sense, it's also kind of a, a running away from a, a problem. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, <clears throat> if you don't solve the you know, uh, core issue, then, then it'll always be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just carry the problem to a new, I guess, location or setting. Uh, so... When you were um, in college and studying psychology, did you uh, thought about law school uh, or did you eventually fall into it <clears throat> or, or did you want, uh, ever wanted to be a psychiatrist or, you know, what made you chose um, psychology? Um, so I started out college as a history major. I've always been very interested in history. Um, but a lot of people at the time were questioning me, like, what are you going to do with a history major? <laughs> Um, or history degree. And I, I never should have listened to those people, but I was very susceptible, very, uh, susceptible to the opinions of others, uh, for most of my life. Um, and so that did kind of sink in. I was like, okay, yeah, you're right. What am I going to do with it? Now I look back, a history degree would have helped me because I'm, you know, mm-hmm. teaching high school history sounds like a great job 
I mean, maybe not money-wise, but it sounds very interesting to me. I would love to do that. But And there was a period when we were in Connecticut when I tried to get a job at my old uh, high school teaching history. I, I figured the law degree would, would translate, but um, didn't really. Um, it would have been more helpful to have a history degree at that point. But, the, but mm. okay. So, um, so I switched to psychology. I, was, I figured that was more geared towards some real profession. Although I'm not really sure. Um, I mean, because I had never been to therapy at that point, not really. Um, I had never dealt with any of my core issues at that point. So I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was really thinking when I switched to psychology. It, 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 um, but I did that. And then uh, when I graduated from college, nobody you know, is interested in someone with a BA in psychology. In order to be a practicing psychologist, you need to have an an advanced degree. And I knew that, and I tried to apply to um, advanced program, you know, master's, and I don't think I applied for a PhD. But, um, Mm. and uh, it's very competitive, and my grades Mm -hmm. just weren't weren't good enough to get into so then I was stuck um, mm. and I didn't know what to do and it was a very depressing time <laughs> um, and uh, my father uh, was a lawyer and so I figured I'd <coughs> look into that <laughs> um, and I, you're, so, you're literally having the same story as Jimmy McGill almost not not exactly of course but you know uh, there's a lot of that going on, you know, lots of families or, um, or the other characters in there where the, the Hamlin guy, it's, uh, you know, the, the, the father is the lawyer and then the son becomes a lawyer, but, um, yeah, keep going. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I, I, I took the LSATs, um, which is the yep. standardized test to get into law school and, um, I remember scoring pretty well on the practice exams, but then on the day of the exam itself, uh, I remember being in the middle of it and like having to go to the bathroom super, super bad. And it was like Mm. super, super bad stomach cramps and just, um, and I didn't want to leave because, you know, it's a timed exam and it's pretty pressured and, um, so I don't know. I don't want to use that as an excuse, but I, I didn't score as well as I did on the um, practice exam. So I, right. you know, take take from that what you will. And so one of the few schools I got into was the one I got into in New Orleans. It wasn't a very competitive school but, um, <clears throat> at the time. Not, I, I think it's better yep. now. The, the LSAT, couldn't you have taken multiple times similar to, you know, any other exam, SAT or whatever, and choose the, the best score to, to send to the schools? Yeah. So, okay, I'm, I'm thinking back at the uh, at the time. I, I took it and I submitted applications to law schools and got rejected from almost every single one except for Loyola. There might have been another one that accepted me. Uh, Loyola kind of waitlisted me, I think, was the original. Um, and, and so 
I was like, you know, what the hell do I do with my life now? And at that time, my sister and brother-in-law were in D.C. and they invited me to, because I had been living in Connecticut at that time, at my, at my parents' house. I, I was driving a, uh, a flower delivery truck uh, and, um, you know, not able to make enough money to live out on my own. <laughs> and, and so, um, you know, and it was a humiliating experience. Uh, but um, so my sister and brother-in-law invited me to move down to D.C. and look for work down there. And so that's what I did. And then um, when I was living in D.C., I got a job working for uh, this organization called the White House Conference on Travel and Tourism. Um, and so that was like really my first real kind of office type job. Mm-hmm. Um, did you – yeah, was it like did you take – did you not try to? Did did you not want to take the LSAT again? Oh, that was okay. my, so this kind of my is, point. Yeah. So I was actually trying to answer that question, but I got sidetracked. Um, so I guess I I sort of uh, put the idea of going to law school on hold. Mm. Um, so I was working in D.C. and then Loyola said, "Hey, do you want to come to school here?" And so I I figured, oh, my job with the White House Conference on Tur- Travel and Tourism is going to end soon, and you know that. Law school will start pretty much a few months after that. So that's gotcha. what I did. I, 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 it was just an opportunity that was open to me, and I, I, I went, yeah. went for it. So so the LSAT, isn't it like multiple days or just one session, one time kind of thing? Uh, I, don't, I don't know much about it. I did look into it uh, around the time when I was leaving the Army um, and, and looking into like a new career career. Uh, when I was working the uh, the temp job here in North Carolina, but um, yeah, didn't look into it much further. I bought the LSAT study book, whatever, and literally the first page of it, it said, "This is the best LSAT." Blah 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 blah, and I'm like, "Shut up, shut <laughs> up! You don't know how to prove that." It's like I, I closed the book and never opened it again. I'm like, "That's it. I'm I'm not doing this. This is this is gonna piss me off all like the rest of the time. It's gonna piss me off," and um. Uh, I had this notion of um, of lawyer and the legal thing, and um, it didn't help in business school. Uh, we did we didn't have to take a business law class, and this lawyer is like, you know, he was like a practicing attorney, but also teach a class at college kind of thing. And of course, he started the class like this, you know, American is the best constitution. I'm like, oh my god, I hate it. They're like, shut up, man. Like, <laughs> they just have all these like, you know, pompous feel vibe to it i'm like this is confirming everything i know from movies and tv shows and I'm like this you this, no i'm not gonna have fun with this i'll be pissed all the time and um no no thank you so i, I mean I, eventually i did you know pass the class but the lsat book i never opened it again so i was like i'm done i'm just gonna do something else but um yeah was it like um you sit there for three four hours one session period kind of thing yeah the lsat was one day as I recall, um, and I think it was around three hours, but I don't, I don't specifically remember. And the bar uh, was two days. The bar exam. Gotcha. Nice for for so Pennsylvania. When you uh, were at Loyola or going to law, did you, um, you know, previously thought about like family law or you know some kind of corporate law or something like that, or did you have a notion of what you wanted to do? Um, yeah, I was very, I was interested in criminal law. Mm. Um, and I actually, 
applied to be a JAG Corps officer in uh, mm. the Navy. Mm. And I was really, really wanted to get that job. I was super excited. Yeah. Um, but I had, um, let's see, I had a, a, a pretty uh, strong, well, pretty severe, well, I don't know if severe is the right word, but uh, I, had a, I had an issue with anxiety when I was in uh, law school. Mm. And I felt like my throat was closing up on me and I didn't, I thought it was a physical issue. Uh, mm -hmm. So I went all went to all these doctors, and um, they kept telling me that it was psychological, but I wouldn't believe them. And then, <laughs> then finally, I did go see a psychiatrist, um, and after talking with him, and and I think he put me on antidepressants, uh, mm -hmm. it the problem resolved itself. So, um, so when I applied to the JAG Corps. One of the questions on the medical questionnaire was, um, you know, have you ever had uh, anxiety issues? And I, I, like a fool, was honest. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they, people lie so much on those things, just yeah, so you know. I'm they, not sure um, you know that. <laughs> you know, uh, but yeah. Until that point, I was a, they, the recruiters really liked me. They, they mm -hmm. were telling me I was a really strong candidate, and you know, I was like almost a shoe in and then that happens and uh mm. boy yeah <laughs> so what else besides the jack whore did you um were thinking of uh, and and then to the to to the same tune of this the question right like beside your your dad was there any kind of like um tv show or you know movie character that you're like oh man that's exciting like so for me uh watching uh, tom cruise in oh god what is that man. movie Yes, a few good men. I was like, "Damn, okay, I want to be a lawyer too," but I was like, "Nah, I'm cool." Uh, but I love, I love that. Um, I love those. Uh, I guess world because uh, <clears throat> Aaron Sorkin is a really good writer, and he does a lot of legal writing because it gives ground for characters to go on rants or like epic monologues, like five minutes monologue. Yeah. And Boston Legal. Uh, the practice, the West Wing. I, like, I love all that stuff because it's very nitty gritty and the c characters are very smart. You know, they're very, um, like, like super smart and they know everything and everything is in their brain and I love that stuff. And and so mm -hmm. I was like, that's what I was thinking. But, you know, that's I, I'm pretty sure that's not the reality. So besides your dad, were there any kind of, like, influence that were you like, oh, you know, that's my, um, that's what I want to do kind of thing? No, really, my main... Um, strategy or uh, goal mm -hmm. was to have something to say when somebody said, what do you do for a living? <laughs> I, I didn't want, for most of my life, I had I feared that question and mm. felt humiliated when I actually answered it. Um, mm. And yeah, you're right yeah. to go. Mm. And, and I, I have that same sort of reaction to me well i'm i'm also compassionate to my former self but uh yeah i mean for most of my life i think my main motivation was just not to be humiliated and <laughs> and um so did you pick uh like a category of law did you say i'm a criminal lawyer is that what you wanted to to, well, to answer that question with that's i was interested in that and um as a jag corps officer you'd dealing primarily with 
criminal law. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, right around the time that we, my wife and I graduated um, from law school, our initial plan was to stay in, in New Orleans. And if we had done that, I don't, I probably would have applied to the, uh, to the DA's office, but, um, Mm. my wife's mother died like right around that time. Mm. And, uh, she's an only child. And and so we moved to, we had the option to move to Scranton, um, Mm -hmm. where her father lived and, he was a reporter for the Scranton Times and covered the courthouse, so he knew all the judges. Wow! Cool. And, yeah, and so he was able to get me a the clerkship position with with a judge. And, nice. Um, so I, you know, I could stay in in New Orleans and and be unclear as to what I would be, you know, doing, mm-hmm. or or we could move to Scranton and I would be guaranteed a job. And in my mm. brain that wanted to avoid humiliation at all costs, the guaranteed jobs, I couldn't pass that. Up. So, yeah, no, that makes absolute like that makes economic sense as well. Um, but yeah, like for any lay person or anyone that's you know just like like me, I'm I'm interested in a lot only in a sense of like cinema and TV shows, right? Mm-hmm. Like like that's all I know, Law and Order, all that all that stuff. Uh, in in a clerkship, is it like? you know, a yearly kind of internship kind of job, or is it like you can be a clerk forever if you, if you wanted to, like, how does that, how does that work mechanically? It it all depends on the judge. Um, so the judge I worked for actually asked me to stay another year because he, he liked my work. Uh, that was a great, let's, can we, um, stay for a while on this job? Because that was a bright, bright spot in my my (laughs) legal career. Yeah. Um, he, he basically like, the, the office was just the judge, the the tip staff, which it, tip staff is like a bailiff, I guess, in other courtrooms. Um, but in Pennsylvania, for some reason, they call it the tip staff. And I think because uh, in older time periods, the tip staff had a held a staff and would poke mm. people if they fell asleep in the courtroom. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, he's basically like the the judge's, you know, he he maintains order order in the courtroom, but also does a lot of um, stuff, you know, I don't know, administrative stuff, whatever the judge wants him to do. The judge also has a secretary and then he has a clerk. And the, um, you know, the clerkship, uh, again, it, it really depends on the judge uh, how he wants to to dole out the work. But uh, when I arrived in th- this judge that I worked for was a real like tough guy. He was awesome. Mm-hmm. Though. I, I I loved him. But uh, you know, he, he wants to he he swore all the time. He chewed gum nice. behind the bench. You know, <laughs> he. he um, well, you're not supposed to chew gum. Well. I mean, you're supposed it, to sit there like with full attention all the time or if something? If you're a judge, you can do whatever you want. But right. it, it, in my mind, it, it seemed unjudgely. But but then mm. when I saw him do it, I was like, oh, okay, that works. Um, but so so I arrived in the in the, his office. He didn't really know me. He knew he mm. knew my father-in-law and hired me. Um, you know, Based because, on that. Yeah. And so I, um, he basically handed me some files of some cases that were coming before his court. He's like, see what you can do with this. And mm-hmm. um, basically my job was to 
there would be hearings before the judge, not mm-hmm. not trials, but I mean there right. were trials, but but my work didn't really involve that so much. Um, but let's say uh, there was a summary judgment argument before the before the judge. Mm-hmm. So both both sides, you know, the, the plaintiff and the defendant would submit their briefs, which are, you know, depending on how complicated the issue is, you know, it could be like a two page document, it could be like a thirty page document, but basically outlining their their argument, you know, mm-hmm. talking about the facts of the case, then. Um, making their their argument and then you know like applying the law to the facts and citing citing legal cases and you know to back up their arguments and all that um and so basically and they they would have an oral argument before the judge but really the judge would be like okay let me read your briefs and i'll make my decision right so he would give those briefs to me and i'd i'd Mm. be the one reading them and um so basically i'd i'd read each brief I'd, um, you know, if they both agreed on the facts, then that was, um, then I didn't really need to deal with that. But if there was a discrepancy as to the facts, then I'd have to figure out like which made more logical sense. Um, or, or, you know, I'd just say, well, this part of the fact pattern is in dispute. And so I'm not mm-hmm. going to deal with that. Um, but then I'd, I'd read the cases that I'd read their legal arguments and, and the cases that they use to back up those arguments. So I actually have to read the cases that they would cite and see if they actually <laughs> applied to, to the situation at hand. And a lot of times the cases had nothing, you know, had no, <laughs> like no they, bearing. Yeah, yeah. Some lawyers would, would hand in just like shitty briefs. And I guess uh, under the assumption that nobody would ever read it. I, mm-hmm. And that's the only thing I could, um, so anyway, so then I'd have to, so based on, you know, the facts, their arguments, um, and how the case law actually applied to those facts. And, uh, you mm-hmm. know, I'd say, okay, this guy's right, this guy's wrong. And I'd write, I'd write an, an opinion, which, you know, could be like a, depending on how complicated the issue was, like a, a two page document mm-hmm. or, a, you know, a 20 or 30 page document. And I'd just be like, okay. You know, and I'd I'd just methodically go through, you know, he argued this, he argued this, the law says this, so therefore this person is correct. You know, and some of the Mm -hmm. analysis, you know, got pretty involved. I had to go through like a multi-step process, but eventually, you know, but I would be deciding who won or who lost Mm -hmm. that particular hearing. And then I'd give my... um, the opinion I drafted to the judge and the judge would read it. And more times than not, he would sign it without mm. even changing anything <laughs> in the document. It was, now, it do was, you... I loved that job. I loved the research. I loved the writing. I loved the, <laughs> the scholarly aspect to it. I, I loved the sort of power that was invested in it. I loved like seeing the backside of, of how the judicial system actually works. And, um, yeah. You know, real problems are really solved. I, I, I loved all that. Now, did you um, do most judges have only one clerk or, you know, how does that work? Can he have two or three or how does that work? Uh, well, in the courthouse where I worked, which is a state trial level courthouse um, in Pennsylvania, each judge had only one clerk. Okay. But um, on the federal level, 
there was a federal courthouse right across the street. Mm -hmm. Um, and I believe each, and it was a federal district level court. So trial level court. Um, I believe each judge had two or three clerks over there, Mm -hmm. uh, on the appellate level. Um, I imagine there's multiple clerks, um, and certainly certainly the Supreme Court level as well. Yeah. The, the clerk that you, or the judge that you clerked for, was he like a family judge or, what what is uh, again like the office and what do they deal with? I mean, I guess they deal with everything that comes in, but what yeah. is the um, defense attorney's judge? I don't I don't understand uh, what was like the okay you know because I I know there's civil and then there's criminal, which is the division with the uh, with the law, uh, but that doesn't mean the judge's job is different uh, every day. I mean, he yeah. does the same thing every day. So. Right? so. Okay, in, in Scranton, I mean, this will, this will differ by jurisdiction, but gotcha. um, in, at Scranton was the county seat of, which is like the capital of the county of Lackawanna, mm-hmm. Lackawanna County in, in Pennsylvania. So each county has its own courthouse or trial level court. And um, in Lackawanna County, the trial level judge could hear both criminal and civil cases. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, so he could be uh, having a murder trial one day and mm. um, like somebody suing, you know, a drugstore mm-hmm. the next day. Gotcha. So cool. Different, so you were exposed cases. to all kind of uh, crazy stories or cases or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it can, and it can range from, from anything to anything. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So I, but, uh, I oh, mean, other than I, TV shows. Just by contrast, yeah, by contrast, in in uh, Philadelphia and in New Orleans, um, they did they did separate the criminal and civil courts. So, um, mm. you know, there would be judges that just handled criminal cases, and there would be judges that just handled civil cases. Um, but, yeah, you know, it would just depend on the jurisdiction you were in, whether a judge would have a limited jurisdiction or not. Yeah, that makes, I guess, yeah, America is not like the simplest uh, country to, to deal with with regards to the legal system because, you know, and, and I only know from, from pass, passing by or, or layman knowledge uh, from watching so much legal TV show that pretty much at the Supreme Court level and then, you know, at the state level, they United States replicate everything down from a scale a style. So federal, and then after that, it's, you know, the, the state. And we replicate or mirror each of the system. Uh, so, you know, the governor is basically the president of, of, the, of, the, of the state, mm-hmm. you know, and we have houses on both sides also on the state level. Um, it's, it's basically a replicate of all the federal system. Uh, and so, like, <clears throat> from watching TV show and when they tried to push, at some point, my understanding stopped because I'm like, this is so complicated. <laughs> so, so when you're, you know, like blah blah attorney, I'm like, all right, whatever. It's like it doesn't mean much to me. Um, when when you, you know, with this understanding and this background, when you watch something, do you see a lot of errors, or um, you know, do you enjoy? Like for me, I enjoy military movies to only a certain extent mm-hmm. because after that, I start nitpicking at like. Like I would notice things. I'm like, that's not how you carry that. 
or that's not how you wear that. Or I'm like, this movie, I, I can't watch this movie. I got to stop because I'm, I'm not enjoying the storyline anymore. I'm, I'm nitpicking at certain things, right? But some movies get it really good, um, and then I would enjoy that. Uh, so for you, with all this background, because you did it for how long? A year or? Uh, the clerkship? This, Mm-hmm. The, the clerkship was just a year. Yeah. yeah. So with that understanding, uh, I think even even with a year, you know, you get a lot of exposure to all the different um, legal, um, <clears throat> I guess, uh, landscape. Mm-hmm. Do you find certain uh, TV shows more enjoyable than other? Any movies are like that's not how it works. This is this is BS. Like, yeah. <laughs> you have to stop watching, kind of thing. The biggest thing. Uh, that doesn't match up with, um, you know, dramatic portrayals of the legal system is the time scale. Because, you know, you could have an argument before a court on a a specific issue. Mm -hmm. And then the judge would be like, okay, let me, let me read your materials and I'll, I'll render my decision. That decision could be the next month. Mm-hmm. And that's just one decision in one part of the of the <laughs> lawsuit, let's say. Mm. You know, from an actual injury or or you know, loss or whatever t- to the time that it, you actually um have a trial could be years. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just the legal process takes a lot a lot of time. And <laughs> and anytime there's there's one specific, you know, and they're arguing each speci- each little point, you know, in the lawsuit. And each little argument takes a long time to actually get to the hearing because there's all the, the research and stuff that takes place before that. And then mm-hmm. and then the judge has to make his decision. And the judge is, you know, has that's not the only case before the judge. The judge probably has hundreds of cases. So, you know, right. that, that case needs to get in line behind the other ones that have been argued. And so right. it, it just takes forever. Whereas if you watch an episode of Law and Order, it's, it's looking like they're having hearings like back to back day after day, <laughs> you know. And, you know, somebody commits a crime on day one and, you know, it's yeah. the, the, the trial happens, you know, a week or two later. No, mm. it doesn't work that way. It's yeah, years it takes a long and years time. and years. Yeah. Yeah. So um, do you enjoy certain shows or certain, um, you know, things stand out? Like, I guess, you know, the when so I have a friend who majored in philosophy and he actually did apply to law school somewhere and and got accepted. And now I guess I get the connection more because at the time I was I guess I was still young and didn't know anything. and didn't really connect with me that philosophy with the the reasoning and the way they write, um, you know, I guess, essays or dissertations. It very, very closely related to the law and, and, and you know, this, this clerkship of your, how you, or even judges, like that's what their job is to, to make a decision based on, well, logic really and, and mm-hmm. arguments. Yeah. Um, do you see the connection between that? And does it, is that really necessary? Or, you know, let's say I'm a, oh, I don't know, a, a marketing student and I'll be just fine. Um, oh. you know, does it take a certain, certain career path like philosophy major, or psychology major? Does it matter? Uh, before going to law school, it doesn't matter. You you just have to be able to think clearly, mm. and and to recognize patterns. I guess you know because the way the law works is, um, you know there'll be a certain factual situation, mm-hmm. 
And then you'll make a legal argument based on factual situations that were similar to that one. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll say the law applies because these two situations are similar and a court ruled this way in, in that particular situation. So, um, yeah. and then the other side would say, well, no, that that fact pattern <laughs> doesn't match this one because of this reason and that reason. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's a lot of analogies. It's a lot of um, reasoning. Reasoning, yeah. Mm -hmm. So Cool. So, like, do you, you know, the range or the time that you had with this clerkship and the judge, do you think that is unique because maybe this judge make, made it better? Like, let's say, you know, somebody else some, in some other county across the country had a clerkship and it would be the worst, terrible, most, you know, uninteresting, crazy, stressful you know, boring job they might have. Um, does the, you know, this basically it's a small team, right? It's you and this judge that is, that mm -hmm. is doing all this. Uh, so I imagine it has an impact. Do you think that because of this specific judge that that's why you enjoy it so much or it's more like just, just the nature of the job that you like it so much? Yeah, no, I, um, I was very fortunate to, to end up with this judge and, um, and mm -hmm. for him to give me so much latitude to, to do mm -hmm. the job. And, um, yeah. That was great. Like, do you did you meet other clerks? Yeah, and like hang out because I imagine it's a building and then there's multiple judges working in this building. Uh, I imagine yeah. there's like you know other clerks uh, and uh, you guys complain and whine about different judges afterwards. Is that kind of I guess yeah. kind of true? Like, I mean, like, there's never a TV show that covered this side of the law, so I don't really understand you know what's going on there. But I imagine that's that's the case. So yeah, I mean. It, I, I imagine this differs wildly depending on what kind of courthouse mm -hmm. you're working in. Um, but in, in my case, uh, there was one room where all the clerks for all the different judges sat and, and did their work. And, oh, okay. Yeah. And so it was kind of a fun situation. We, you know, Is that normal? That's, that sounds, I imagine it's like you go into this office and then, you know, the secretary will be there and then you go into another office and it'll be the judge if you have an appointment with him and somewhere along the line you have an office for you but i guess um in this courthouse it's different all the all the clerks sit around next to each other yeah hmm. yeah interesting um, it, i i think you know yeah in other courthouses it could have been just how you described uh, but um in this yeah. particular one there was a clerk room and that's where we all were cool do you um you know, in, in this year that you did it, uh, were there, you know, things that were really tough or did you enjoy more because it was so, um, you know, like most most law firms have a law library or whatever because mm -hmm. you have to reference a, a, a case. Yeah. Um, you know, did you, you know, what did you enjoy most in regards to studying on, um, you know, maybe you don't have to mention the case by name, but like, you know, a law that you uh, never knew uh, about or a case that's so unique that you know you're never gonna forget it, uh, kind of thing. Um, what was the most enjoyable experience for you? It it was more just being able. Um, so I'll, I'll give you an example. There was one case uh, that I was working on, and it was sort of complicated because it dealt with like uh, oh, there was like someone was assessed a tapping fee. Um, to connect their house to a sewer line that had been put in somewhere. 
and they were they were uh, arguing that they shouldn't have to pay that. Um, and it, it was complicated um, because the you know there were I, I'm trying to remember I, I, my memory is not very clear, but the the point is that um, I was reading all these cases that um, you know dealt with this subject. And it got very technical, and um, I didn't really understand it when I read the case, one the one case in particular. And so I just reread it, and I st- still didn't understand it, but I, I felt like I understood it a little bit better. And then I reread it again, and then I understood it better, you know. And then, <laughs> so I I I got to this understanding that. Oh, I can understand anything if I just keep working at it over and over and over and over again. <laughs> and that was like a watershed moment to me. It's like because before I had thought like, oh, if I don't understand it, then I can just I'm, I'm incapable of doing, it, you know. But mm. um, that wasn't an option <laughs> in this situation. You know, the judge was expecting yeah. me to hand him something, so um, so I just kept doing it. Kept you know. Um, and so what? any any complicated subject that that I mean I don't know about tapping fees or or sewer lines or you know all the technical jargon the the engineering jargon and all that um, and that's you know every case has its own unique fact pattern and its own expertise required to understand it um, and so and lawyers deal with becoming experts in in really specific subjects you know yeah that they don't have ex- expertise in so yeah. they're like experts at becoming experts at, at things you know and um, yeah you have to read up and learn super fast yeah um, and you have to have the process. ability to, to yeah and that's a skill that you learn like to, to be able to read something that you're not interested in is a oh, skill God. is a skill <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah i guess i admire that because i uh, you know, prior to joining this little 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 law club or whatever they want to call themselves, uh, and I was in it for maybe you know, like I said, a, a day or a week. You know, they had a fake, uh, fake case, right? A fake trial, a fake everything, and we had, we went to the discovery, and this kid showed up with this binder completely laminated with like, the, you know, the paper inserted into this plastic sheet, and it was all labeled. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, you had to do that? I didn't know. Like, nobody tell me, right? And he was all ready to go. And I was like, I don't understand. Like, are we like, you're, you're just supposed to have fun in this little law club. Like what? Like that's, and all these people are super, <laughs> super wannabe lawyer type. And I was like, I was just here to like hang out and like learn. <laughs> like, I didn't know you guys are taking this so seriously, but, um, you know, have from that little experience, I learned that half, almost half, uh, you know, by the time it comes to, the trial, the judge, the two different attorneys, everybody is on the same page. You're supposed to. And really, it's almost like a presentation. It's like a, a play, like an act, because everybody knows what's going on. All the paperwork's been done, all the briefs. So really, you don't really do that much except presenting information that you already know to, to like, a, let's say, a jury or audience of the court, because the two lawyers and the judge are already you know, on the same page like on everything. Um, so not necessarily, so to that, but but they're on the same page about the areas that they're not on the same page about. 
Okay. So it's so like <laughs> to that end, like my, my point is like all the writing that you do, all this stuff and the judges, all the reading, um, it seems like a lot of that is on human, you know, understanding and appreciation. And like you said, you had to study and study and, and read it and read it. What happens when a clerk is like, you know, late? <laughs> like if you had a deadline, you can't meet it. Like, or if you can't do your job, like what happened? Can you go to another clerk and ask for help? How, do, how does that work? How do you ask for help? Um, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, you could go to the judge and just say, look, mm. I'm, I'm having a hard time with this. Uh, here's what I got so far. Um, and gotcha. You know, um, give what, me another what, case. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Just like, what, what do you recommend I do? Uh, gotcha. I, yeah. And were you, you know, did you have to do that or were you like an excellent clerk and, you know, 95% of the time you're, you're good to go? I would say, yeah, 95% of the time I could handle things on my own. And and the judge would read what I wrote and, and there were a couple of times where he, he, he was like, no, I don't agree with this. Um, take mm. it back and uh, <laughs> I want it to go this way. So mm. rewrite it so it goes that way. Gotcha. Uh, but most of the time he would just sign off on what I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> do you reading. think, yeah, do you think that before law school, obviously, like, you you know, you had to read a lot. And then this clerkship, you know, the experience that you gained from it. Um, between both of those time frame and then, like, now, of course, going into, like, a, a movie or, like, a TV show, do you still enjoy it the same way a, a normal person would enjoy it, like, before law school? Or do you nitpick? I feel like I enjoy it more, actually, because I... Mm. I feel like I appreciate the the nuance of the I mean I, th I think most TV shows and um, certainly Law and Order and uh, although I haven't seen Law and Order in a long time uh, have you seen Boston Legal yeah I remember watching that <laughs> um, I think they usually do a pretty good job in terms of courtroom stuff all the mm -hmm. stuff that happens outside the courtroom which is the boring stuff they don't really show, and probably with good reason because it wouldn't be yeah, good TV it's boring. Show. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you enjoyed the same uh, law school, and of course the clerkship and, and your experience didn't like ruin anything mm, for you. No, no, no. I don't think so. That's cool. Mm. Yeah, because definitely the the army definitely ruined certain things for me, and I can never watch. Um, like if it's a normal, you know, fighting aliens movie, that's fine. But if it's anything like, you know, army related, I'm like, oh, here we go. And let's see what let's see what mistakes I'm gonna spot. And this is it, it sucks because now I can never you know just watch the movie and enjoy it like the way I was before. Mm -hmm. I'll always look for that thing moving forward, um, which is why you know certain movies I really enjoy when they get it right. Mm -hmm. um, and I wonder like like you know the same thing as medical doctors or lawyers when they see certain thing they're like oh this stupid show they always get this wrong kind of thing you know, but. Uh, I guess I guess it doesn't happen for you, so that, um, that's good. I mean, yeah, I mean, sometimes they'll get things wrong, but uh, I guess <laughs> that doesn't bother me. Hone in on it. I don't know why. Yeah, that's good. No, that's good. So, do you, um, you know, if there is like a, an evolved version of this clerkship, like what would that be for you? Did you work in like the DA's attorney's office, or what does that look like? Um, like, if you if you like the clerk. The, the work that you do in the clerkship, yeah. where do you go from there typically? Well, you can work for a, a, you can work for a, a federal 
judge. You could work uh, on the appellate level. You could work on the Supreme Court level too. What are, what is all the different levels? Can you can you sure. like Supreme Court is like the top, and then what what happens after that? Okay, well, there's two parallel systems going on at the same time. There's the federal See system <laughs> and the state system. That so, helps. I okay. I didn't know that. So there's the federal Supreme Court level. Mm-hmm. Then there's um, the federal appellate level. So um, there's, I forget how many different circuits there are in the United States, something like 12 or 13 maybe. The, the United States is, is divided up into 13 different regions. And there is a, there's an appellate court, um, federal appellate court that, that presides over that particular circuit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are the district level courts, which are where the courts where the trials happen. Um, and those are all over, usually in, in bigger cities. Okay. Um, so let's say you filed suit in a federal court. Um, and um, so, okay. <laughs> we can get where, where, uh, yeah, where would a case go uh, from federal versus uh, state? Like where... Okay. Okay. If you if, you know if you're an attorney, where where would you advise your client to go, one versus the other, and okay. why? Okay. Well, in order to get into federal court, the federal court needs to have jurisdiction over the matter that is okay. at issue. And there's two ways that a federal court can have jurisdiction. Um, one is called subject matter jurisdiction, which is um, has to so. The case has to involve some sort of federal statute or, or federal yep. federal law. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if if that is at issue, then then you can file suit in a federal court. Uh, the other way a federal court can have jurisdiction is if there's diversity of parties and the amount in controversy is over. I believe it's seventy five thousand um, dollars. So diversity of parties means one party is from one state and another party is from a different state. Yeah, multi-state. Yeah. Cool. Um, everything else falls under the jurisdiction of whatever state. Um, yeah. So most criminal law is actually uh, state. Is state 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 has jurisdiction. Uh, there are there there are some federal crimes um, like um, racketeering and, and other things. Or uh, yeah. or like mail fraud or you know yeah tax, tax. I learned a lot from watching <laughs> Better Call Saul. Federal. I learned a lot from watching all the criminal shows that I enjoy, and I'm like, oh okay, I don't want to do that in that state. <laughs> yeah, federal, federal I want to do it in this other evasion, state. Stuff, stuff like yeah. that. Federal gotcha. Um, so and okay. the different the different uh, level or um, you know like appellate versus supreme. Uh, yeah. Is there anything else? So okay so. Let's say you file. You, there's a um, a trial in a in a, a, a in a district level court, um, and you lose. Mm-hmm. You can appeal. You can file an appeal to the appellate level court, and the, the appellate level court has to agree to hear your case. It can it can say no, I'm not going to hear that. And if mm. they if they deny us. Um, on the Supreme Court level, it's called denying cert, certiori. Um, I think on the appellate level, it's just refusal to hear or something like that. But uh, mm-hmm. if the appellate level court refuses to hear, then the dis- whatever happened on the district level is um, stands. Now, mm-hmm. you could 
if, a, if an appellate court refuses to hear your case, you can you can appeal to the Supreme Court, but the Supreme Court could also say, no, we, we refuse to hear it. And, and then it would go back to the district level court. Um, now at the appellate level, so, so in, a, in, a in a district court, federal district court, that's where the trial is. So you would have a jury, uh, unless it was a bench trial, but um, both sides would present uh, their framing of the facts. They would present evidence. Um, they would make their arguments and all that. The appellate level, is, there's no, it's, it's not a trier of fact. It's just a trier of law. So the district level tries both facts and law. So it determines what, how the facts actually have transpired and how the law applies to those facts. At the appellate level, you can only argue law. You can only say that the district court made an error in their application of the law to these facts because because mm -hmm. of this reason. And the appellate court could say, yeah, you're right, they, they made an error and we reversed them. Or um, they could say, no, you're wrong. We, we, okay. affir we affirm what they said. And the reason for that is um, because um, in a district court, you're presenting the evidence, you're making your arguments. So the jury was in a position to evaluate that. The appellate mm -hmm. level is just, um, it, it's just a, a panel of judges that sit behind a bench like at the Supreme Court. There's no jury on appellate level. No, no, it's okay. just judges. And they're not in a position to evaluate the facts, hear the testimony of the witnesses, um, all that. All so, that stuff. Okay. Yeah. And same with the Supreme Court. They, they don't try gotcha. uh, facts. It's just all law. So, so obviously, yeah, go ahead. So is that, that's it, right? Like district, appellate, supreme? Yep. And then, then you were about to say something. Before. Um, I, no, just go ahead. <laughs> yeah, my question was, obviously, there are more laws now than, let's say, 100 years ago, 200 years ago, right? Like, we, we evolved to have more laws. Like, mm -hmm. that's, that's only sensible, right? Yeah. So, um, um, or logical. So, like, uh, when you, you know, have a situation, let's say we don't have that law or the law we are applying don't make sense, mm -hmm. um, you know, I guess at each stage, can you can you make that argument? Can you is that viable or, you know, mm -hmm. that's very, very unlikely. Like most lawyers don't even bother going going against the current existing laws. Um, so there's there's two types of law in our legal system. There's statutory law, which is you know are laws that are are written, you know that are passed by a legislative body and um, and are written down. In a, so um, let's you know if Congress passes a law, then that becomes a written statutory law, right? Right. The the other kind of law is case law. So if a case is decided, um, let's say, I'm just trying to think of something. Um, I don't know. Let's say one guy sues another person and, um, and the court decides in favor of the first guy. That case law becomes, becomes law. That the, the opinion of that court is law. And someone else down the line can take can say, all right, the fact pattern in that case matches the fact pattern in our current case. 
So that law, the way they decided has to apply to our situation. Does a judge have to listen to the case law if, or follow? If the case law is from a court that is on the same level, then mm. if, if the case gotcha. law is from an appellate court that, gotcha. that is within his, you know, that, um, and he's in that circuit, then yes, okay. it is binding. Cool. So there's so other circuits. There's, ahead, um, yeah. So that's the difference between um, binding law and and um, um, law. There's there's a term for it that's slipping my mind. But it's basically law that can influence your decision, but is not binding. And then there's law that that you do have to follow. I assume a lot of that is not you know the case law is numerous out there, and I guess is the oh, jobs yeah. is the job of a judge to continually educate himself um and i guess um you know maintain himself so i don't know if you know this but in the medical profession and i was reading i forgot what i was reading but it was basically saying that i think it's freakonomics related it was like a research or something they were looking into it we used to um we used to value older doctors because we think experience matters um and which is true like experience definitely matters and you know your your skill set and how you evaluate an injury for example or or your um you know understanding of like how cancer usually work from all the cases you ever did so we we value that but now uh let's say within the you know recent memory newer medical understanding keeps evolving so people like like medical doctors that graduate more recently are mm -hmm. actually better at older doctors because they understand newer application of medicine, right? And so it's like you want a younger doctor because they know what's going on more um, mm -hmm. because older doctors are like, you know, outdated information is not accurate. So there's that conflict, not, not conflict per se, but that's, you know, where you kind of want to listen to multiple doctors and you want to evaluate things depending on what you're suffering from. Um, with regards to the law, do you think that, you know, older judges, older lawyers are more, you know, is there like a thing where <laughs> wisdom matters or is it because, you know, we evolve as a society. So law should evolve with us versus using all these outdated notion, insane, you know, non-applicable um laws that are just from centuries ago where you know the internet wasn't there so <laughs> how do how do jo like so that's the problem i have right like when i when i watch movies or think about things and i apply this layman perspective and i think my god there are people that are literally dinosaurs that were you know have no idea how the internet works <laughs> making decisions on stuff that have no idea uh how it actually works and god forbid i have no idea how they do this and i'm like Oh, this this scary me, or you know, to understand that I work in the tech field and I know I'm underwhelmed and I have no um, technical technical college of something uh, worked, and I would have to go research or understand that. And I always wonder how do judges and essentially like you know people you think like we have this we have this notion uh, of you know the supreme justices, and I'm like, dude, these are just people. They're gonna make mistakes. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm, <laughs> so I'm a big fan of like either make it bigger, like like 13, 15 judges versus nine, and they're forever. Um, you know, where do you, how do you feel about that? Like, 
do you think the medical industry approach to you know always educating yourself uh, works? Because I know that I know uh, lawyers do that; they have a renewal education. But you know we're evolving very very fast, and these these some of these laws don't apply. Uh, so how do you feel about certain things like that? Um, okay, so I I think the legal profession or the judicial system is a lot different than the medical, medical. profession in that regard. Yeah. Because when you have a, um, an argument before a court, both sides put, it, it's up to the plaintiff and the defendant to come up with the best possible argument for their position possible. And they do that. Mm. And they, they argue it orally and they also write a, uh, a brief that, um, you know, makes their best argument and supports it with case law. Mm. So it's up to them to come up with that argument. And then the court considers those arguments. So presumably the judge has a, um, a clerk or two underneath mm-hmm. them and they go through those briefs um, and, and read all the cases that both sides um, submit. And from that position, you know, a decision is made who has the better argument. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think the system works well because um, it's the job of the lawyer representing the party to come up with the best argument possible. Gotcha. So it's always updated. And, you know, if if you, if you goofed up on something, it's your problem because I, uh, (laughs) I'm going to judge it based on that. I mean, well, when I was a clerk, not only did I read both sides arguments, but I also did independent research to, you know, because sometimes yeah. they would proffer, you know, bullshit positions. And <laughs> it was good to know yeah. what the, you know, from an objective standpoint, what the what the law should be, should be, yeah. or should should work. Yeah. yeah, cool. That's good. That's good to know. Uh, so, like, other than clerks who are coming out of, I guess, law school, um, you know, are there like clerks that stay in there for for a long time and just hang out and be a clerk? I imagine like you want to do something else most of the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, it depends on the judge. Sometimes a mm. clerk um, or a judge and a clerk, I really have a close personal relationship and, uh, mm. you know, the judge agrees to, to, you know, it's up to the judge. The judge basically gotcha. is given a budget to work with, to run his courtroom and he can hire, he has a certain amount of money to hire staff. And it's up to him or her to decide um, who they want to hire. Nice. Nice, nice. Do you, um, you know, if you had to change, like let's say you, you get to time travel, do you, um, you know, would you change anything? Would you go uh, another route? Or do you like, some, you know, insurance claims or <laughs> discovery work? <laughs> like what would you, you know, if you, uh, time wasn't a factor or, you know, and other limits like, like money or whatever, what, what would you do? What would be your perfect uh, kind of scenario? That's a good question. I mean, right now, I, I feel like I have a great deal of understanding in terms of, I think I would make a good psychotherapist, but mm-hmm. I, I don't have the educational background. And mm-hmm. when I graduated college with a BA in psychology, I don't think I would have made a very good psychotherapist because I didn't really uh, explore my own psycho psychology, uh, you know, mm-hmm. prior to that. But I, I, 
think I've had a lot of experience since then that has given me incredible insight into that world and wow. and incredible um, compassion for for people who dealt with issues that yeah. you know, I've dealt with. Um, so I, I I think that would be great. Um, yeah, law probably I'm not the best fit for law, although I loved the clerkship. I love the research and writing aspect of it. Uh, I think my uh, mind is more creative and, uh, you know, the law, legal profession isn't, re I mean, you can be creative in certain situations, but like if you work for <laughs> work in a law firm, <laughs> they don't want creative people. Not really. Yeah. I mean, well, they don't value it. It's, it's not what they want people who can bill hour after hour after hour yeah you know, yeah doing totally boring stuff um yeah so yeah i don't know Do i mean you, it, it got me i ended up i'm um i like who i am right now <laughs> mm -hmm. and i don't think i would have become this person had i not had the experiences that i had um career-wise i probably didn't make all the best choices um but again, I, I am where I am now. Um, is there another facet of the law that you really like besides criminal or, you know, um, uh, you know, like a, a situation like the clerkship where it exposes you to multiple things? What else in what, the commercial or yeah. law firm kind of style would, would there be? What I would really that? like to be um, in terms of a lawyer is a person who like a a solo practitioner mm -hmm. who can handle pretty much any case that walks in his door and would, mm -hmm. you know, if someone has a problem, I could help them with that particular problem. Um, yeah. It, every legal job I've had um, outside of the clerkship was so far removed from actual problems. Like I was doing mm. work that was so far removed from actual people and actual problems that it didn't feel like I was doing anything at all. You know, I was just yeah. making money for the law firm I was working for, or, you know, even yeah. in my insurance position, um, I don't deal with actual people. I, yeah, I know, gotcha. Yeah. So you would like, uh, you know, like, like, but call saw that would be fantastic yeah. for you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Other than, other than that character, have you, um, come across any kind of um any other environment or show that you think that man people should really or kids kids that think about law school should really check this out because this would be the most you know true or um you know rewarding or inspiring thing they should people should watch um, is there anything like that for you um well it's not legal oriented but it's um it it touches on the nightmare of working in an office Mm -hmm. uh, have you seen the movie Office Space? Oh yeah, yeah. It's like a big, big deal. Yeah, Office Space is like half the reason I didn't go the way I, I went, and I was like, yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm gonna switch uh, and do something else. But yeah, is that? <laughs> do you think that uh, that is typical uh, reality of a, a law legal person? If you go to work for a big law firm, um, they're all about billable hours. They're all, you know, and mm -hmm. they give the most boring work to the new people yep. in the door. And, uh, you know, you're expected to bill 
you know, like the law firm I work for in Philadelphia, they, I forget how many hours they wanted me to, like, it was something, I don't know, I want to say like 20,000 a year, but I don't even know. Mm. That can't be right. Can I don't know. It was some ungodly amount of hours. And, you know, they said, okay, um, you know, you can have two weeks paid vacation per year, but you still had to make the same billable hours per year. Right. So, you know, they could say I have 365 days of, of paid mm-hmm. vacation and it would mean the same thing, you know? It, right. But was it, um, you know, the office, the the point of it, it was just so unbearably, you know, uninteresting that the characters kind of, you know, they all go crazy. And <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. it's very funny. But, you know, I imagine law work is, is typing up essays. Is that like what do you mechanically actually do uh, other than researching like like, you know, a repeatable boring job would be, um, you know, I, I don't understand that world. So would you. Yeah repeatedly typing up an essay that's the same like how does that work so the document review type work that i described to you earlier mm-hmm. um typically for you know newer associates would do that type of work um, okay yeah there would be some you know as you move up the chain there would be some work that requires more thought um you know mm-hmm. writing <laughs> briefs brief writing motion writing that sort of stuff eventually you get into the courtroom and you know but uh most of it's sitting behind a desk and yeah. being bored out of your mind wow sounds like uh accounting because i and i switch with, major oh, and dealing with horrible uh people as well <laughs> horrible people. people you hate <laughs> on a daily I switch, basis yeah i switch majors two three times you know um but accounting was I think I, I'm I, I walked through an accounting firm once in, in college it's like a tour or something. I was like, This is not what I wanted to do. Um and I was like, Man, this is what they do forever? Like, no, no thank you. Uh even if you get paid really well, I'm I'm gonna go pursue something else. So awesome. That's uh that really helps. Uh <laughs> although I enjoy watching certain T V show, I know the reality is much, much different. And I think um uh I love hustlers like Better Call Saul, uh, mm-hmm. and, and you know they make it they make it way more interesting and fun, but that's not uh, <laughs> highly practical almost all the time. It's not you know you, you don't want to do that. Yeah, the uh, life of a solo practitioner is difficult because you never know when the the money is going to come in. Um, mm. You know, if you have an established practice, then you know it it it's a little bit uh, more stable. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, you could have one month where you make $50,000, you know, from a mm-hmm. case and then make nothing the next two months you know, or whatever. So, um, yeah. so that's the trade-off. You know, it's, a, it's way mm-hmm. more interesting, but it's, it's not as stable as gotcha. for a big law firm where you get a paycheck. Yeah. Well, fantastic. Is there anything else you want to share with us? Your uh, little interview episode? <laughs> I mean, there's, we didn't, you're working on a book. Are you, aren't you? Do you want to talk about that? I mean, we could, it's, we're already an hour and a half. So I don't don't know if we want to. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe for, you know, the second follow up, but, uh, other, other than the, the legal industry and law, uh, you know, is there, um, perhaps, um, you know, something 
almost unrelated, but you, you mentioned psychology. Is there anything else or anything specific in that that you like more than uh, than legal? Uh, creative work. I, I like. Mm-hmm. I like writing. Um, I, I like public speaking. I, I like. You know, there's there's a whole other area we can explore there, but I I, I think it's probably enough Fantastic. for today. Cool. Closing thoughts for uh, for our listeners. Um, do you have closing thoughts? No, I just want to say thank you for for sharing. Sometimes, uh, you know, one on one is very different because you're just you know sharing with with a buddy and chatting and whatnot. So it's not a big deal. But you know, we don't know who <laughs> we don't know who our listeners are. They'd be be terrible, you know, crazy people or very nice people. Uh, we hope that they're nice people. But you know, it's always sharing is difficult. Being vulnerable is difficult. So I appreciate it and thanks uh, thanks for that and. You know, I all have a tendency to interrupt, so I appreciate your your patience with me. But uh, I think what's good. Thank you for for doing this, and maybe you know we'll have a follow up where we examine certain things, like um, you know compare clerk work to you know X Y Z TV show, and and then talk about it in depth um, stuff like that. So, like for me, um, you know, like I asked the question, but for me, Black Hawk Down is the always the most like people say you know what is it like i say what go watch black hawk down that's as good as it gets and as accurate as it gets in regards to infantry and and army and all that jazz Hmm. Uh, because things go crazy wrong (laughs) and everybody freaks out and that's exactly how it is but you know whereas like an epic super you know and the opposite spectrum is Arnold Schwarzenegger did a movie in the 80s. I forgot what it's called now. Um, I want to say Commando. Yeah, that's it. That's the absolute wrong, like, <laughs> pure entertainment. Like, yes, go watch Commando if you want to see what is it not. Like, that's exactly what it is. Like, it's completely not that. Uh, but, yeah, uh, one day we'll get to you and, and your legal and, you know, maybe you can uh, do a comparison. But uh, thank you so much. Yeah. 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 I, I don't, I'd also like to talk about um, spiritual stuff. But yeah, we, we can do that. Mm-hmm. Not today. Absolutely. <laughs> Not today. Our listeners have to stay tuned. Yeah. All right. That's all we have, folks. Do you want to say goodbye? Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> See you. Hello, listeners. This is George with the Epic Meta Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Did you know that you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and YouTube? You probably knew that one of those was the case, but the other ones are the case as well. Please be sure to click the like like button if that's in accord with your reality. You can also share our podcast with your friends, give us a five-star rating, and all of that. Please also uh, give us your comments. Be very interested to read them. But more importantly than all of that, just continue to listen to the show. And as Tang would say, be good and be well until we meet again.